like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today. And I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is the podcast created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you might be tuning in from today, I, my name's Paul Joy, I want to say thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being part of this adventure. Thanks for being part of the program. Thanks for supporting us. And I know you haven't even listened to this episode yet, but if if you find it interesting, helpful, encouraging, and maybe even, dare I say, inspiring, then we would love you to share it, share it with others, because these conversations are intended to connect our community. Whether you're a Yarra old grammarian yourself, maybe you're the parent of a current or former student, maybe you're a staff member or a former staff member, maybe you're a current student, however you are connected to Yarra Valley Grammar, welcome. Thanks for joining us. As I mentioned, my name is Paul and uh, Paul Joy, and I get to sit down each episode with a yog, a Yarra old grammarian, and see how they've been impacted by and influenced through their experience of school life here at Yarra. And then we explore a little of the twists and the turns that life has offered them since leaving the gates. Today I sit down with Laura Elliott from the class of 2010 and I'm going to ask her a little bit about music and a little bit about student leadership. We're going to ask a little bit about her pursuit of academic wisdom and insight and application. She's committed, she's devoted, she's a competitor and she's a hard worker. She's connected, well connected and enjoys her job but appreciates the need and the value of balance in life. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Laura Elliott from the class of 2010. I'm going to begin by asking Laura about the time when she first arrived at Yarra. What year level did you come to Yarra in? Sure. Hi, Paul. Nice to be here. Um, I'd have to try and count back the years. (laughs) So I think it would have been around 2000 and must have been 2003, 2004, because I know I graduated in, in 2010. So I started in year seven at, at Yarra Valley. Excellent. And year seven is a, a potentially exciting year, but it can also be uh, overwhelming because there's lots of different students coming from lots of different backgrounds and different schools. And, and I know it's going to take us back stretching the memory a little bit, but those early days of year seven, were you did you arrive with lots of friends or were you, you know, right from the outset you were on your own and it was really hard to make friends? Tell us a little bit about those early days. Well, I knew no one when I came to Yarra and I I do have a distinct uh, memory of my first day at Yarra, which is getting ready to go to school for the first day and I I put on my blazer and like any... um, responsible parent would do they my first blazer was 10 sizes too big for me so that I could grow into it over time so I remember I put it on and I looked in the mirror and I thought god I look terrible (laughs) and I was so nervous um but I I think the first um the first day we must have had some sort of orientation and um uh you know I was sitting there sort of by myself another student came over we we struck up a conversation and then yeah it was all sort of 
fine from there. So um, a nervous start to the day, but um, you know, once I actually got there, it sort of warmed up and it was it was yes. bearable. There's no doubt. Lots of people in the room are all feeling the same thing and all feeling as awkward as each other. And it, it sometimes just takes one person to to recognise and make that first initial contact. And uh, and even if it's something as you know. Uh, somebody who's got the same colour hair as you, that can be enough to, uh, to, to, to link up and then hopefully to, uh, to at least not be feeling quite so alone from then on. I wonder whether, do you recall in Year 7, was there a camp? Did you go on camp? Was a camps part of your experience of Yarra? Yes, yeah, there there was definitely a Year 7 camp. I can't say I'm a hardcore camper, so, I mean, I went on the camps. <laughs> but I, I, I do remember in... Must have been year nine or year ten. There was a there was an option you could do um, you could do a second camp or you could do work experience. And I chose work experience. So I think that probably reflects on the sort of person that I am and my um, <laughs> how I feel about camp. But yeah, I definitely did go on camp in, in year seven. I can't I can't tell you exactly where it was, but um, it was it, yeah out bush somewhere in a few <laughs> small cabins. So tell us then, what sort of person were you back then? You know, would, were you somebody who would be likely found, you know, if I was looking for Laura, where would I go? Would I go to the library? Would I go to the CAF? Would you be uh, out on the sports field? Where, where might you be in those middle school years? Yeah, sure. I mean, definitely not on the sports field. Um, I would say I was definitely more of a um, drama and, and music geek back in high school, so you'd probably find me in the music school or... Um, at the Performing Arts Centre. Yeah, excellent. So you recall the Performing Arts Centre. I wonder if there's a, a, a performance that you got to be part of where you were on stage. Maybe you had a, a key role, maybe you had a, a solo to sing or maybe there was a, a musical instrument that you played. Tell us a little bit about, take us to that moment where the curtains roll back and the lights come on and there's Laura. <laughs> well, probably my biggest um, performance at at Yarra was when I was in year 11, we, um, we, we did the production of Cloud Street by Tim Winton. So I was playing one of the um, lead characters in, um, in that play. So that was my big, um, you know, my hour of fame, <laughs> as it were. And, um, you know, it's such a gorgeous theatre there and such a great space. And I have a lot of fond memories of lots of performances there, but that, that was probably a, a main one for me and, um, really enjoyed, you know, acting when I was in, in high school and, um, can't say I did too much of it in university, but, um, you know, recently, uh, did, did do a play in 2019 before COVID hit. So it was sort of really great to get back into it. And I think I had those, those skills from, um, all those opportunities I had at Yarra to to you know, study drama, but also um, do regular performances as well. That's wonderful. I, I love that you've taken something that was obviously an interest, and and you got to develop some skills in, and and then eventually that's come uh, back into your life again further down the track. And I, look, I would say, and I would agree with you that often beautiful venues like the Performing Arts Centre here at Yarra Valley Grammar. When we're in there a lot, when as students or staff, we, we sort of take it for granted. We, we don't realise, don't appreciate the, the magnificence of that space. Um, and, and so I guess leaving that space where you might be comfortable on that stage, it does give you a good platform to then go and work any other room as well, really, because you've, you've had something so grand and so large. Um, 
you've mentioned that sport probably isn't your sweet spot and uh, and no judgment around that but saturday sport probably was part of your experience did you reluctantly get up on saturdays to go to sport or did you uh find the joy in amongst the the team and the camaraderie well i I played netball and, and volleyball back in the day, and I feel like netball's a particularly vicious sport, so I definitely <laughs> fractured one finger, and then I think in year 12 I might have sprained my ankle very early on in the season, which meant I was sort of out for the rest of the um, – out for the rest of the season but um for you know I, I was a complete um yeah I studied really hard in year 12 so for me I was like oh great I get more time to study on a Saturday morning <laughs> that's right yes you, you turned it to your advantage so even though there was injury it uh, it turned into to something better and it's interesting that you say uh, a couple of those injuries because I mean when I was growing up there was a, a saying around netball knees um knees was often that the, the the, the part of the body that would suffer but you had injuries but they weren't associated with the knees and um, so it's interesting that yeah there are some dangers involved but uh for those who love it then good luck to them oh yeah and look I'm, I'm not very skilled at it so i probably i probably caused some of those injuries myself <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I i should add i um even though i might have reluctantly participated in saturday morning sport i was on the aths team briefly for a couple of years um uh doing discus so uh-huh. I could um but I have to confess um I whenever I went to ATHS training which must have been two two times a week at least they always made you run 800 meters um as a warm-up and I yes. um I always thought well I'm just throwing a disc you know I don't need to be I don't need to run so I used to I used to sort of hide in the bathroom with a friend wait for the warm-up to be finished and then roll out and and <laughs> go to discus training <laughs> Oh goodness! Confession time. Yes, <laughs> I have. I have heard other people say that uh, when they know that it's two laps of something, you know, the eight hundred meters, for example, they might get on their way, and then on the far straight, they duck in and hide behind a tree or something and lay low until the pack came around for the second time, and then just join in at the end. But d- you've taken that another whole level. You've <laughs> just, just stayed up. right yeah. off the field. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So I wonder then, and and I appreciate you. You understand the the value of team and uh, and the the connections that you're making. A bit of fun along the way, and and look, you would. I'm sure you would say now, some physical movement and physical activity is it's a good thing and it's a healthy thing. Um, I wonder what part physical activity plays in your life nowadays. Yeah. Well, I um I certainly go to the gym. Um, and I think I'm probably better at. Uh, physical exercise where people aren't necessarily relying on me to win <laughs> a game and also I think I'm um, I think I would probably say I'm quite a competitive person and um, maybe you know sporting games group games there's there's an element of pressure um, in those games and maybe it's easier for me to just uh, do things solo <laughs> <laughs> and it is challenging isn't it when if, if your skills don't quite match the ability that you want to have because you're competitive and you therefore you want to win, it can be a bit of a mismatch and, and, and that can be challenging for sure. So, so it seems to me that I, I like the idea of competitiveness and sometimes that can work in your favour as a student in the academic sense as well. Tell us as we move into senior school, what sorts of subjects were you choosing? Where, where was the, the area of the academic program that you flourished in? 
So I, I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a lawyer and that, and that was probably because when I was about nine years old, I watched Legally Blonde and I was like, yep, that's for me. And so when I, when I rolled into Yarra, I, I knew that that's where I wanted to go. So when I got to, uh, it must have been year 10 when I was finally able to do some legal subjects, I was really keen to get started. So I, and then I did VC legal studies um, in year 10 and year 11 um, and quite enjoyed that. Um, and I, I, I studied economics, um, I studied drama, math methods, um, French. Uh, which I have to profess, I haven't spoken a word of French since I <laughs> left high school, which is a real shame. Um, but I, yeah, I think it was a really good spread of, of, of subjects and allowed me to explore my, um, you know, my different passions and actually um, really enjoy what I was studying as well. And perhaps because of your natural inclination towards wanting to study hard, and, and that was an interest of yours, and you set a lofty goal right at the outset. Did you did you get a, a result, a number that you needed, and then where did that lead to? What did you do when you left Yarra? So I, uh, I I wanted to go to Monash to study law. That was the course that I I wanted to do. Um, so there was a. Um, you know, there was a number that I had to achieve, so I worked really hard so that I could get there um, and was fortunately successful um, in my exam results. So um, after university, I went, uh, sorry, after year 12, I went straight to uni. I studied at Monash. I did a double degree in law and commerce, um, but have now gone on to pursue a career in law. Hmm. And I'm interested to know a little bit more about that in just a moment but I wonder before we kind of leave school and that part of the journey you and some would say were fortunate in that you had a had a vision you had an idea had a goal of you know even early on what you wanted albeit inspired by a movie um, that you knew what you wanted and and that can create some freedom and it can create some pathways for you what about your friends? Was everybody in that situation or did you know that there were others who were sort of uncertain? And, and I guess I'm asking for maybe some encouragement for those who do know what they want, like current students who are in maybe year 10 or year 11 picking subjects, but also for those who don't really know, because um, you've, you've lived life out of school for 10 plus years now. And I'm just, I'm interested to know your experience of pathways and maybe opportunities to change even though yours seemed like a straight path yes yeah, certainly um I, I think I was um not unusual in that I had an idea of where I wanted to go but certainly there are a number of students in my year level who who were less sure um and you know university open days are a great way to try and find out well you know and that's even if you if you want to go to university but a great way to sort of find out what's on offer and and actually thinking back I I wished I did a bit more research because I I I knew I wanted to do a law degree I I sort of thought at the time oh well double degree that sounds like a thing I should do I enjoyed economics in in high school I'll, I'll do a commerce degree um 
looking back, I kind of wish I did maybe an arts degree and got to pursue some more interesting um, subjects because at the end of the day, I didn't do too much with my commerce degree. Um, and I think had I taken a bit more interest in year 10 and year 11, really, really seen what's out there, it might have actually changed what I ended up doing after school. Which would have led to just different opportunities, wouldn't it? Just different experiences. And, and I mean, I think that that's healthy. Was music part of your journey? Do you remember what were the what were the songs that you were listening to? Like in those later years of school, was there was there music that that was part of your experience, either to study by or maybe to you know the social side of school? Often has parties associated and music. What was some of the music? Do you remember? No, you're really putting me on the spot. I I think even if I could remember what my music taste was back when I was. 17, 18, I'd be too embarrassed to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. What about, let's let's stay in that sort of theme though. What about a TV show? Like at the end of the school day, after you've um, not participated in all parts of the athletics training, you've eventually gotten home. Are you racing home to watch a particular TV show or was it straight to, to study or was it to have a snack and then, you know, what was your afternoon routine? Uh, look, I, I, I feel like it was pretty disciplined and I think back and I don't think I've ever worked so hard that I worked in year 12 because I would, uh, I would come home from school. I would probably eat something. I would maybe practice the piano because I would have been doing, um, uh, exams at the time as well. And then I would study, I would eat dinner and then I would study again. And then I just, you know, I'd do that every day and then I'd, I'd work on the weekend as well. And now the idea now, 10 years later, working on the weekend, I can't even fathom it. So I think it did, it gave me a really good work ethic to take forward. Um, But, and I think, you know, the reason that I could handle that is because I also had a lot of other extracurricular activities through the school, like music and drama that I, um, that was a great stress relief and and, and a, you know, an opportunity to be creative. Um, so that balanced out the study nicely, I think. Yeah, I, and I, I agree. I think that's a really healthy balance. And and to be able to find that within your school, to have, have those creative outlets and, and the opportunity to shine in that er- arena, but also to have have a school that wants to support you academically and, and help you to be the best you can be in that arena, then that's a, a terrific balance. So tell us then... Uh, you left school. You went to study. You went to Monash, and albeit you might have, ch- you might choose things differently now. Had if you had your time over, but what what does it look like now? Ten plus years down the track, what are you? What is your role? What are you working as? Are you? Uh, it sounds like you're not into weekend work. <laughs> if I can avoid it. <laughs> uh, so I'm a principal solicitor at the Victorian Government Solicitors Office. So we, um, we're part of um, the public sector. Essentially, we operate uh, like a law firm would, but our clients are exclusively government clients, so um, departments and statutory entities and, and the like. Um, so I work in the litigation and dispute resolution branch. So I've been there for about um, four years. And um, we... Uh, you know, we get involved in civil litigation that's brought against the state government. So there's a huge range of um, things that we work on that can be quite high profile and they're usually, uh, well, the 
pretty much always quite fascinating and, and interesting um, interesting factual situ- situations and, and legal concepts. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really fascinating job um, and, mm. and something that I've really enjoyed for the last couple of years. That's great. And, and at the moment, are you mostly working from home or do you go into the office sometimes? If you go into the office, where, where, where's the office? Like where do you – are you allowed to say? Yeah. <laughs> so I um, – we, we do have an office. Um, we, we have a hybrid arrangement. So um, I work some days in the office at some days at home. I actually really like going into the office. Um, I, I like the social aspect of it. I like being able to – um, bounce ideas off colleagues. Um, I'd probably work in the office every day if it wasn't for my very needy dog at home, and I feel a bit guilty leaving her behind. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so is that transporting? Uh, you're travelling into the city to do that? Yes, yeah, in the CBD, in, in Melbourne. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. And and look, I don't have a, a legal background, and and I have limited uh, contact with legal matters, and and probably that's, that's a, good a good thing. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I like what you say about that it's interesting because you, you, you find your work interesting both from a legal perspective but also just from a, um, I don't know, a, I'm going to say, the, I know this is in naive terminology, but it's kind of um, not general knowledge but just things that people can become upset or get uh, hurt by or get involved in, like it, there, as you said, there just must be so many different things that a government um, needs to be aware of and, and try and make as safe as possible and, and do the right thing everywhere. And and you're there, t- I gather, to mop up the mess if, if something goes wrong. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, hopefully there's not too many messes, but um, certainly as a, um, as a lawyer working for um, government entities, um, Government entities need to be model litigants in in um, litigation. So it means um, you know not not running complicated and technical defences just for the sake of it. It means actually making a proper assessment when a claim comes in about does this have merit and is this something that we should look to resolve as opposed to dragging everyone to court. So uh, it's it's sort of a um, ethical obligation to 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 sit back and and really look at the facts of things and and. Um, uh, really, I suppose, understand the veracity of the claim. Uh, I'm, I'm encouraged to hear that. And again, I, I might be speaking out of turn and I might be speaking with a, a level of naivety, but I like the idea that somebody in the legal profession, uh, a solicitor in this case, is not just trying to get into court, not just trying to string things out, but actually let's be honest about this, let's resolve this as best we can Um and if we don't have to go to court, then that's even better. Yes, yeah, we love to avoid court. <laughs> that's in every, it's, right. you know, it's usually in everyone's best interest. Yes, uh, well, uh, yeah, okay, okay. Well, maybe I'm just speaking on stereotypes, but the notion that if there's a long and drawn out uh, case, then the only winners in that is the legal system because that's, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars that are involved in that. And, you know, it might end up, neither team, neither side wins, but the legal system seems to win because it it has fulfilled itself and it's fulfilled its role even though we don't have a conclusion in the end. But maybe I'm speaking out of turn and I shouldn't do that. I apologise. But you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you, you're, not, you're not entirely wrong, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, certainly there are times where things need to reach a finality and, and go through a court proceeding. And um, But uh, as you said before, you haven't been involved in, in many legal matters and you'd like to keep it that way. And I that would be my recommendation too. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that advice. I like that advice. I'm going to do my best to, uh, to stay out of... Uh the legal system's way. <laughs> um, I wonder whether you've had the opportunity to travel because over the last couple of years, perhaps we haven't, but in your journey, have you been to a destination that you is a must go, is a is a celebration, is a if you know, and it might be a an off the beaten track sort of a place, or it might be a well known popular destination that was on your bucket list and you've you've reached it, or maybe there's something that you're still aiming for. Well, I do have a trip planned uh, in a in about a month's time, which is the first time I've been overseas since since 2019. So I'm heading to um, South Africa and then to Morocco. So that will be great. Um, my my dad's actually South African. I've always wanted to go over there and see where he has um, grown up. So I'm really looking forward to that trip. Yeah. Um, but in terms of a recommendation of, of somewhere I've um, I've been. Uh, what I actually, I really enjoyed going to Queenstown in um, New Zealand. I, you sort of forget how close New Zealand actually mm. is. Like it's quite quick to get there and it's just such a beautiful, um, beautiful place and um, just gorgeous scenery and um, like the colour of the, the rivers and, and the lakes in New Zealand, is just they're just stunning. So I really enjoyed my trip there, which would have been, oh, it feels like a long time ago now with COVID in between, but uh, maybe five years ago. Yeah, that's a, a beautiful recommendation. It's definitely one of those places that's on my list. Uh, haven't been there and uh, would love to go for sure. Let me take you back to Yarra again for a moment. And nowadays we have a phrase called the Yarra spirit. And I wonder if, if that resonates for you, whether you would be able to explain what you think that means, like the, the Yarra spirit, uh, whether it's a culture, whether it's a, a, a way we interact. What, what does that phrase mean for you, the Yarra spirit and your experience of it? I think for me it, um, it for me it was celebrating um, celebrating what students are passionate about, whatever that might be. I really did feel like the school uh, offered everyone, no matter what their interests were, a, a safe space to explore that. Um, so for me, uh, drama programs, music programs, and and even the the confidence to um, to focus on academia and you know focus on on studying and not feel um, you know feel supported and 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 sort of celebrated for for doing that and mm-hmm. yeah so I really I really did think that there was someone something for everyone there. Um, and no matter what you were good at or what you were trying to be good at, that was that was really celebrated by the school. Yeah, I love that, and and nurtured and encouraged, and there were opportunities to to have a go and and to to try and improve. Tell me a little bit about student leadership um, as as a from school from your role as a student at school. What what what's your take on leadership? Were you involved in student leadership? Um, what makes a good school leader? Back in year 12, I was drama captain and debating captain and a prefect. I forgot about that until now. Um, 
I think I think good leadership at a school level is just being a role model to other students. I think it's about being um, welcoming and, and, and open and a, a person to talk to if um, uh, students are having difficulties. I actually remember I would have been in year nine. I'm not sure if this program still runs now, but there was a peer support program uh, where they paired year nine students, I think, um, with year seven students. And I remember uh, having some training to become a peer support worker. And I, I still remember some of that training because I still use it. Um, I still reflect on it today. And one of the things they said is, you know, if someone comes to you with a problem, it's not your role to offer them a solution. And it can be quite um, dangerous at times to say, well, this is what you should do. And if they go and do that and it, it all goes pear-shaped, then it comes back to you. So I sometimes it's just enough to listen and say to someone, look, I'm sorry, that sounds really hard for you. And that's, that's all you need to do. Um, and that's that does a lot more than trying to um, push them into a direction that might um, they might not be comfortable with. So I've, I've actually always remembered that training from from year nine, and I it's certainly something I try and exercise in my in my daily life when I am talking to people who are going through difficult times. That's terrific. I I, th I think that's marvelous that uh, those experiences and and the training that you had, but also then the opportunity you had to to use that training here at school has continued to serve you well. I, I think that's marvellous. That's that's the way it ought to be. Um, there would be many students who are listening even right now who would say the particular topic they're studying at the moment, maybe the particular mathematical formula that they're processing at the moment, they're going, when on earth am I ever going to need this? Like how relevant is this? But obviously there are there are benefits to learning and, and the challenge and pushing and stretching ourselves. And every now and then there are those moments where it's really practical and it's really helpful uh, a long way down the track. We're speaking with Laura Elliott from the class of 2010. And Laura, I wonder if you're uh, willing to step with me into what I like to call the lightning round. And what that is, is a, a bunch of quick fire questions that might be uh, one word or one sentence answers. And uh, It'll stretch your memory a little bit, but um, it might be a bit of fun along the way. All right. Is that okay? Sounds good. I feel like I'm on an episode of Family Feud, but <laughs> let's go. Uh, that might be a new addition that we need to bring into, uh, into these conversations. But for now, Laura Elliott from the class of 2010, while you were at Yarra, what house were you in? Oh, gosh, the yellow one. I'm so, I'm terrible. I don't remember the name. Let's call it Hughes. Okay. <laughs> um, this might be a, a, a redundant question. Were Hughes any good back in your day? Ah, oh, uh, I, I, I don't remember. I've got another redundant question. Yes, sorry. What was your contribution to Hughes? Uh, hiding in the hiding in the toilet during <laughs> athletics. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, we'll accept all of that. Um, how did you travel to school? What was the morning routine like? Yeah, so uh, my mum, my lovely mum dropped me off every morning. Excellent. And what was in your lunchbox when you arrived at school? Oh, probably, probably something pretty, uh, pretty sad, like a peanut butter sandwich. But I, I did used to eat at the cafe um, at least once a week and I ate like a meat pie and a hot jam donut and that was, that was a terrible diet, but it was um, very delicious at the time. 
It can get you through a week, I reckon. Having that, something to look forward to, something yummy like that is a good thing. What was your first car? My first car was a bright yellow Hyundai Getz. Aha. Uh-huh. Do you still have it? No, no. So <laughs> I've moved on. Um, but, yeah, I, I bought that car when I was 17 and my, I was hoping to be able to drive it to school, but then I sadly failed my licence two times. So <laughs> oh, I eventually right. got it, but I wasn't able to drive that Hyundai to school. <laughs> no, that, that is disappointing. That's very disappointing. Um I think I already know the answer to this one. Would you prefer house swimming or house ats? Well, I have to say ats. You probably have to say ats because it's easier to hide, is it? Yes, ats. yes, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible. That's terrible. I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't be encouraging this. Was there a, a piece of work that you uh, remember? Maybe it was. Uh, it might have been a dramatic monologue, or it might have been a, an essay that you wrote and rewrote and rewrote and you got great grades for an exam that you studied hard for, a piece of work that stands out for you. So for me, it was my year 12 drama solo, which was about the history of the Holden car. Uh, so I did I did quite well in that and ended up in, in top acts performing that at the Palais. So it was me in front of, you know, 1,000, 2,000 people at the Palais Theatre standing wow. on stage for seven minutes pretending to be a car. So that was very memorable. <laughs> <laughs> Complete with sound effects? Oh, yeah, yeah, many sound effects. <laughs> And presumably you're not ready to uh, make some of those sound effects now? No, I am not. There's a DVD of this performance hidden very deep in my storage cage. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to do my best to attach the uh, link to the show notes. We'll see how we go. <laughs> um, Laura, thanks for inviting me. I'm coming over for dinner this weekend. Thank you. What are you likely to prepare? What's a meal? What's your go-to? Uh, look, probably a, a risotto if... You know, I'll put in the effort of cooking that if someone was coming around. Very nice. And dessert, would you do dessert? Yes, definitely a a chocolate mousse because that requires no baking and I can't profess to be quite good at that. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, Let's take me out of the equation then. You can invite three people to this dinner. They're going to have some risotto followed by chocolate mousse. Who's going to come from any era, any, uh, any nation, whether they're dead or alive, who would lo- you like to come over for dinner? Oh, gosh. Um, I'd probably invite Ben Folds. He's one of my favourite musicians, so I'd love to meet him uh, in person. I go, go to all his concerts whenever he comes to Melbourne. Um, oh, look, Michelle Obama, she's free. I think she's a very impressive lady and I'd love to chat to her. Um, and you're really putting me on the spot. I can't, I can't think of a third person. Maybe I'd just invite my best friend because I love hanging out with her. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. I'm sure she'd be happy to get a, uh, a seat at the table with, uh, with Ben and Michelle. Yes. That would be a, a good combination. Um, would your best friend, in fact, be invited to come and help you cook? Oh, absolutely, yeah. She's a, uh, um, d- did a patisserie course, so she might be able to help with oh, yeah. that, um, that dessert. <laughs> Nice, nice. Um, Do you enjoy books? What's a a book that has been influential for you? There's something that has uh, made you think, maybe uh, has inspired you, a book that you might recommend for us? I I love reading and I don't often um, read books twice, but there is one book that I've read a couple of times and it's, this is very, I wouldn't call it inspiring, it's quite quite lame, but it's... um, it's called World War Z by Max Brooks, which um, you might recall they made a zombie movie about that um, a bit 
a bit later down the track. But it's actually a fantastic, it's a fantastic book if you're into um, sort of zombie horror. And I've I've really enjoyed it, and I've I've read it a couple of times, which I which I never do with books. So I think that's a testament to its quality. So that would be my recommendation. That's definitely a, a great recommendation, and, and you're quite right. There are a, only a couple of books that I go back to. Um, some people have a have a ritual almost that there's certain books they want to read every year, but um, but no, for in your experience to have one that you've gone back to, that that is a good sign. What was your nickname when you're at school? I I don't I didn't have a nickname, but I remember on the back of my year twelve jumper it said drama queen, so we'll we'll just go with that. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, there's a whole lot of story, perhaps, behind that. I, I dare say. Um, do you currently have a favourite piece of clothing? After working um, through a pandemic, probably just my tracksuit pants. <laughs> working from home <laughs> for two years straight. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I wonder if you've got a, a tool or an app on your phone that is a recommendation. What are the what are the most used apps on your phone? Maybe the two most used apps. Oh gosh. Um, I well I would embarrass I'd be embarrassed to say probably one of them is some type of social media, but um, I do I do use um, I find the Headspace app quite um, quite good, which has uh, some helpful sort of mindfulness exercises if you're going through a, a you know period of time which Maybe having a high stress period, I think it's good to just take some time and, and relax. And for me, my brain goes 100 miles an hour. It's good to have someone guiding me, <laughs> guiding me yes. through relaxation. Yeah, that, no, fair enough. I think uh, there's lots to be gained from, uh, from having somebody guide you through that. That's terrific. Um, this is called the Inspired by Yarra podcast. And I wonder if you can reflect back. Is there a person or an event or a situation at Yarra that you would look back on and that inspired you? It might have been a teacher. It might have been an excursion you went on. It might have been uh, a book that you read, something that inspired you. I think what inspired me at, at Yarra was probably um, the teachers, the music teachers and, and also the drama teachers because they were really passionate about what they did and that passion is infectious I think for students mm. and um, it, it gets them really on board and and inspired about what they're doing and you know for instance I must have been in year 10 I did a jazz class and you know how fantastic that a school offers jazz mm. as a subject it's wonderful and I knew nothing about it and um, to learn all about that that type of music and get an opportunity to play it well yeah, that was such a fantastic experience so um and, and having teachers that are really um, uh, knowledgeable and, and, and passionate about the area, that, that's a, um, it's just a fantastic way to learn. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Um, I wonder uh, whether you could reflect on the phrase, and it might be something that's very familiar to you, but our school motto is lavavi oculus. Do you recall what, is, what that means? And maybe, what does it mean today? So I know I know it means we, we lift up our eyes. Um, look, I think maybe for me, lifting up our eyes, perhaps maybe when you're going through a difficult time and, you know, you've fallen down, there's this sort of looking up and knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and um, things happen for a reason. Um, 
I think maybe that's what it means to me. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's it's not all about you. It's it's let's be open to uh, to both the opportunities maybe to help, but also the that things aren't all as bad as what they feel right around us. Maybe maybe if we look beyond ourselves, then we can see, as you say, a light at the end of the tunnel. We can find our way through. Um, Laura, you've been really generous with your storytelling and with your uh, with your time, and and we really appreciate that. I've only got one final question for you as we bring our time to a close. And and that is, it's a two-part question. And the first part is, what is the one topic or question that you really wish I had asked you or you thought I would ask you? And then can you answer that question? Oh, gosh. Um, well, maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll just make one comment in that. Um, and I, I don't know how to phrase it into a question, but... I, I would, I would say to students at Yarra now, you know, don't, uh, you know, be be proud of your achievements, um, and if that's, uh, you know, if if you're really focused on study and and, and you want to achieve a certain goal when you when you you know during the year or when you finish um, high school. Um, be proud of that because it's um, having a good work ethic and, and working really hard is um, that's the way the world works when you finish school. So it's really great to get into the habit now of, um, of, of studying really hard, even though, y- you know, you feel like you can't be bothered at times. Um, it, it's, it, set you, it set me up really well in life and it will set, it will set you up too. It's a beautiful way to finish. I love that guidance, that advice, that reflection. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for taking us on a bit of a journey through your experiences of school and, uh, and, and as you say, some of those lessons that you learned and those almost those character traits that, that were embedded in you as a young person continue to um, give and give and give and, and guide you almost through some of the challenges of, of life. And, and that's the reality. That's the truth, that uh, there are going to be challenges. And uh, it seems to me that you've um, taken on board some of those early lessons some of those inspirations and uh, have been able to apply them. So thank you for your time. Thanks for your storytelling. Thanks for being part of uh, the Inspired by Yarra podcast. Great. Thanks so much. What a terrific way to finish as she reflects a little on her understanding of what it was like and is like to be a young person, a student with all of the opportunities that are presented and recognizing the differences of our passions and our interests and even our character as young people and really an encouragement to give it a go to get in there and and have a try and that will serve you well and I want to confirm underline put in bold agree with those sentiments that Laura left us with I hope you enjoyed this conversation and if you did please feel free to share it Maybe even show somebody else how to log in, how to get on board this phenomenon that is podcasts. There are still thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who don't yet know what a podcast is and the the joy that they can bring. But I'm glad you found this one. I hope you'll join us again next episode when we get to sit down again with another Yog to see how they too have been inspired by Yara. My name's Paul Joy, and on behalf of everyone at Yarra, and in particular the small team who put these stories together and share with you 
via this podcast. I want to wish you another day of inspiration where you head on out there with intentionality to make a positive impact in the world around you. Thank you.